Hello and welcome everybody to yet another installment of The Long Box Hunters. I am your host, Tristan Benz, joined as always by my invincible armored co-host, Drew Garrison. Drew, how you doing today? I am doing good. I'm excited for this one. Are you now? Are you are you jazzed? You would you'd go so far as to say? Oh yeah, I am jazzed. Well, I'd be surprised if you weren't, since you were the one who suggested uh, this story. But, before we get into that, you know, story in question, what we're talking about, you know, Iron Man Extremis, y'all read the title, I, I assume. If you didn't, well, surprise, we're talking about Iron Man. But before we talk about Iron Man, we gotta talk about our, our usual little entry questions. First, Drew, what comics have you been reading you know, in your personal life, outside of the assigned reading for today's topic. Well, technically, this was a, a part of our assigned reading, but I went through Invincible. Uh, had a lot happen, so I wasn't able to, like, speed through it like I wanted, but uh, I read through Invincible again, and uh, holy crap. It, no matter how many times I read it, it's still just that good. Now, what if I told you, because we, we talked about this, uh, did we were... were was Invincible the last episode we recorded, or was it the one before last? I think Invincible was the last episode we recorded. Okay. What if I told you that I finished rereading the whole thing just a couple days after we recorded that? I believe you, because it's that I good. tell you what, I just... And I read the first uh, Invincible Universe Compendium. So I was... I was going through it. Uh, Invincible still holds up, let me tell you. Um, as for what else I've been reading... I've been going through the, well, volume two of Wonder Woman. Basically, I've just been continuing the Wonder Woman series that started with George Perez. Obviously, I finished the George Perez run a while ago, but I was like, all right, well, let me read the Mesner Loeb run. Now I'm on um, the John Byrne run. So I'm just going to keep going uh, all the way through. I'm very much looking forward to the Phil Jimenez run. And I'm going to stop when I get to the Greg Rucka run because I've already read that and everything after it, you know, that, the Gail Simone run, the Alan Heidberg's limited run, uh, yeah. So, I'll, pretty soon, I'll be largely caught up with every mainline Wonder Woman series since 1986. Now, Drew, follow-up question. Okay, are you ready? Are you prepared? I am so prepared. Are you locked in? I'm locked in. Your loins girded? I'm not going to say it like that, but yes. Gird those loins, Drew. Gird them. Gird them hard. What's a random comic or continuity factoid that cracks you up? Well, since you mentioned Wonder Woman, this one always cracks me up, but it also shows how awesome she she is. Uh, Wonder Woman worked for the DC equivalent of Taco Bell called Taco Wiz. She shared it in the William Mesner Loeb's run that I just read, and I gotta say... I kind of liked Wonder Woman having a, just a day job at Taco Bell. So that was really funny. A lot of people don't like the Mesner Loeb's run. And I get why, but I don't know. I, I liked it. She's living in a little shitty apartment. She was working at Taco Bell. She still was doing all her Wonder Woman shit. But it's just like, all right, now she's going to become a space pirate for a little while. Yeah, I think I think what I like about Wonder Woman and her and her runs is that there's a lot of reinvention of her character, mm-hmm. but also it still keeps to the heart of who she is. It's like no matter what changes in Wonder Woman's life, she believes in people. She doesn't think anything's too good for her, and she genuinely tries to just make the world a better place through her heroing and through just inspiring people. Damn right, damn right. Now, as for 
a comic fact that cracks me up or that I just like, I think it's cool. This is more tied into our, um, our topic today and tying into just something going on in the comics right now. But a lot of people don't realize that Tony Stark actually has a membership to the Hellfire Club that he inherited from his father. That's right, the Hellfire Club of X-Men fame. Tony See, Stark I always wondered if he did. Yeah, he did. He did. If you Have you read Matt Fraction's Uncanny X-Men run? Yes. Remember they have the, with well, all the flashback stuff with Sebastian Shaw and Namor and Emma, like Tony's there in the background. Oh, yeah. Him and, him and Norman Osborn, they're both just hanging out in the Hellfire Club. This is back before his Iron Man days when he's still just being, uh, you know, a vulgar lush. But, yeah, it's so, Iron Man, <laughs> hanging out with the Hellfire Club. And is that a thing that's happening right now in the comics? Why don't you read Current Invincible Iron Man by Jerry Duggan and I can't remember the artist's name. Which is a shame, but it's good art. Well, read that and find out, because maybe there's going to be some interesting things tying into the fall of X. But, that's Iron Man's present. We're talking about Iron Man's past today. Aren't we, Drew? Oh yeah, some could even say that this was a huge turning point for Iron Man and his tech. Some could say that. Some would. I would go so far as to, to, to say that, Drew. I would say that. I'd be one of those, those sums. It's <laughs> me, I'm some. Are you also some? Yes, I am some. We're some, everybody. We are some. Because today, we are talking about Iron Man Extremis by Warren Ellis, Addy Granov, and Randy Gentile. So here's the little synopsis that I cooked up and paraphrased from Wikipedia. Extremis is a six-issue story arc from Iron Man, Volume 4, published in issues 1 through 6 in 2005 and 2006 by Marvel Comics, and written and illustrated by Warren Ellis and Addy Granov. I can never pronounce his name. Is it Addy or Adi? I've never had to say it out loud. I always just read it. Hmm. Uh. Let's just say Addy. We're just going to say Addy. Yeah. If it's wrong, I'm sorry, but can't change the past. Addy Granoff, respectively. Extremis elevates the status quo for Iron Man, increasing the power of his armor significantly, and it is often listed as one of the best Iron Man stories. Elements of Extremis were adapted for the 2008 film Iron Man and the Iron Man Armored Adventures episode Extremis, with the storyline also serving as the primary source material for the 2013 film Iron Man. Also, gotta add a little disclaimer here before we talk about this too much. Um, during the summer of 2020, over 100 women came forward accusing Warren Ellis of various degrees of sexual coercion, abuse of power, and emotional abuse, with these testimonials being shared via SoManyOfUs.com. Ellis allegedly pledged to take steps to make amends and learn from his past actions, but as of January 19th, 2023, com once again updated the site, alleging that Ellis took none of the steps we hoped would help stating, we do not anticipate our involvement in any progress he might make in the future. So, yeah, after this stuff came out, like, he pledged to sit down and talk to them and, you know, learn from, you know, what happened and, you know, make amends. Everyone said it seems like he was genuinely apologetic and that it he claimed that it came less from a place of malice and more just him being terrible at relationships. And people were hopeful that it's like, okay, well, you know, we could have a a sense of restorative justice here. Like, maybe he can actually come away from this better and not keep being a piece of shit. But it seems like he still wants to be a piece of shit. So, if that affects whether or not you want to read this, then by all means, don't read it. You know, I'll go out and put on hot take. I don't really think you're missing much. This is the first time I've read it. But then again, I'm not a big Iron Man guy. In general... 
just with Warren Ellis, um, I, I, he was always a big name, you know, like in the comic book industry. Yeah, he wrote the Thunderbolts and, um, some Moon Knight stuff, even some James Bond comics. Yeah, um, and he created the Authority, so that was, like, the, it was one of the bigger things, and, and, um, Planetary, so he was a big influence on DC's Wildstorm stuff and a few other things for Vertigo, I'm pretty sure. Um, personally, yeah, it, it's, this is icky, and I don't think you're missing out too much by not continuing to read any of his work. Um, I mean, I only ever, I, I tried to read Planetary, didn't do it for me. But, and this is, I'm talking about before, like, anything come out about him. Um, I've, I've never, like, gone to the mat for his writing. Other people are apparently big fans. Uh, the only thing I've ever really enjoyed from him, and I read this recently, um, post these allegations, but I just read it on DC Universe Infinite, so I didn't feel gross about spending money on it. I read The Authority, and that's good. I get why people like that, but, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see all the hype about him individually. And that's not to say anything of him just apparently being a scumbag. So, yeah. So, Drew, <laughs> you <laughs> wanted to talk about Iron Man Extremis. Well, we want to do something that's a little bit lighter. And uh, fu- fun fact about me, I both love and hate Iron Man because he is one of the characters who I believe is the recurrence of you learned your lesson, you still make the mistake mm-hmm. all the time. I can see that. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, I love seeing Tony learn from his mistakes and actually, like, improve himself. And then he just jumps straight off the bandwagon again. Marvel is even doing, has even done this multiple times with his drinking. Which was a seminal storyline for him with Demon in a Bottle. He hasn't really fallen off the wagon. Has he? The only times I've seen is when people have, like, drugged him or whatever and made it seem like he was drunk. Uh, yeah, so that was, like, with Wanda, and there was one where he was in a virtual world where he was forced to. Other times, though, he he is, uh, well, actually, no, there's also one time where he drank in front of Odin just to spite him. Mm. Uh, uh, but the, besides those three times, it's like some, it's like a lot of times Iron Man will go back to drinking and everything, or... Well, I mean, like, when? Because I'm saying, like, we're, we're, we're making claims like this, we gotta be able to back it up, because I feel like he's been pretty good about it more or less since the demon in a bottle storyline well there was civil war 2 where he almost drank but then like he almost would... but he didn't yeah well it was because like carol was at his aa meeting and carol yeah. ir- carol ironically is also a, a recovering alcoholic and everything and tony actually was one of the people who um was her sponsor and everything mm-hmm. it was a pretty cool storyline one of my favorite uh captain marvel stories well miss marvel actually but it doesn't matter. She's Captain Marvel. Yeah, well, she, yeah she was Miss Marvel at the time that she had to go into AA and everything. I don't know. I'm not going to hold him almost drinking against him because that's something that actual, you know, real life alcoholics struggle with. It's not like yeah, yeah. It was. It's mostly been. It's, it's mostly been that they keep that they keep like having him like being ready being ready to jump back on the bottle, especially recently where he got um, the power cosmic and got that weird looking silver armor. Well, uh, that, yeah, but that would, he was more, it wasn't even he was addicted to the alcohol, he was addicted to, was it the morphine or whatever, the painkillers, like that, sure, that, but that was yeah. a story about addiction, like, if you, as, a, as someone who's, you know, had 
people struggle with addiction as family. Like that's not something that once you quit and you're, you know, back on the wagon, that is just, you never have to worry about it again. Like these are, yeah, it's a world things. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against the Iron Man character. Now, everything else he does about like, Oh, I've created something that's accidentally almost going to destroy the world or, Oh, this plan I'm having is going to pit me at odds with the rest of the superhero community. Oh, I'm making questionable decisions. Cause I think it's what's best to save the day. Sure. That is stuff that's inherent to the character, but I, I don't yeah. want to sit on a, a pedestal and and you know talk down about his like I, struggles with addiction that's my thing with iron man it's like normally it's like okay i like to see his struggle and everything is that Mar- i feel like marvel doesn't like give him anything else and then they have to make him an excuse of why he did or what's he what's he's doing everything instead of like the whole point of tony is that he's kind of like the inverse of spider-man it's like where spider-man is like the down in his luck guy all the time and has to struggle with tough decisions there tony is the inverse where he's like he's not really down on his luck most of the time but it's like he's he always sure tra- as shit is now if you're reading the current comics everybody <laughs> uh oh man but uh basic but basic basically it's like he's all it's like he's always in a where it's like he's put in a position and everything and he has multiple options and then he just ignores all the others and saying, no, nah, I think this one's right. And he does frequently like to make the worst decision. I'll, I'll agree with that. Like yeah. Tony, he's, he's got, uh, he's, he's got a questionable track record. We'll say. Yeah. It's like, he, it's like, he's one of earth's greatest heroes, but at the same time, he's also like kind of put the earth in several different situations because he thinks that he knows best and it's constantly proven. He doesn't. Yeah, it's, but I will say, like, you know, like you, I'm, I have mixed feelings on Tony Stark. I will say that is one of the more interesting facets of his character, but we can definitely get more into that later, because that is a a topic that I specifically did point out for us to talk about. In general, though, just within the context of the story, before we get to our trinity of questions, how do you feel about Iron Man Extremis? I like the I like the story. It feels like if you are new to Iron Man, this is a great character study of him that you can jump into. Admittedly, it's kind of slow. <laughs> Even for a comic book, it is kind of slow, but it is still it, it is still like pretty good. And honestly, I'm sad that some of these char- some of these characters don't appear again cuz they're very interesting and very fun, but I'll get into mm-hmm. that later. Mm-hmm. What about uh, you? How do you feel about uh, Iron Man Extremis. I, I don't know. I don't know. You said something earlier to me, like earlier this week when we were talking about it, just off air, how you like the writing, but you're not crazy about the art. I have uh, almost like the inverse. I actually really like Addy Granov's art. I this this may be the first time I've ever seen him on interiors. Normally, I ever see him. I only ever see him doing covers. Um, so I enjoyed his art and his, his work in this, but I don't know. Warren Ellis, like I said, in general, and, and when I was talking about his past work, I'm just saying his writing style has never been, it's never really done it for me. And this was another example of this where I'm like, ah, it's fine. Like it's, I get why people like it just for whatever reason it doesn't click with me. Um I don't know why everyone's like this is like the so many people have this as like the best Iron Man story. I'm just like, I don't it's think that. Fine. 
I mean, you know, well, yeah, we, we've talked about it. You don't think it is. But even in just the synopsis that I, you know, copied from Wikipedia, like, it's often considered one of the best Iron Man stories. I'm like, it's fine. Like, the art's good. It set up a interesting new status quo for him. But if someone's like, hey, what's the best Iron Man story? I'm not necessarily going to hand him Extremis. I don't know what I would hand them because I'm not the biggest Iron Man fan, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But, you know, this is serviceable. It's... It feels like, you know, a, a, a superhero blockbuster. It does point out some interesting uh, critiques and flaws with Tony's character that we'll get into, but I, this isn't like, a, a lot of people I've heard have hyped this up, like, and not just you, but just online and whatnot, especially, like, when talking about the MCU and Iron Man 3 and how this pulls from extremists. Like, a lot of people hype this up legitimately as one of the best Iron Man stories. Like, they'll put it up there as, like, this is his version of, you know, The Dark Knight Returns. Not in, not content-wise, but just, like, this is one of the big Iron Man tells you have to read. And I'm just like, no, it's fine. Like, I don't ever need to read it again. You know, I'm not, I don't hate that I read it, but I'm not like, oh boy, that was great. I don't feel the need to, I read it on Marvel Unlimited. I don't feel the need to go out and get the trade paperback for my shelf. Like, it's just, it's fine. You know, yeah. cool action, but I totally know, understand. I totally understand. I don't think it's one of the greatest Iron Man stories. I think though, it's a good, and like, it's one of those points where I like, it's a good entry point and it's good That's to true. show you what you're going to see with Iron Man's character. Yeah. Like I can, I can sign off on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, Drew, let me get into our first of our big three questions. Why did we want to talk about the story today? You're the one who suggested it, so I'll, I'll I, let you answer it. Because I was just like, yeah, sure, let's talk about this. I haven't read it. Uh, Yeah, I uh, wanted to talk about this because, one, we wanted to have a story that was a bit smaller because we, were do we uh, had to read a lot of issues for the last Invincible one. But the other reason is because I wanted to talk about Iron Man and... This is pretty short. It's six issues. Yeah. It's, and it's, 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 it's a quick read. Yeah, it's a quick read. And I just wanted to like go into go into Iron Man in a more positive light, because I feel like I'm a kind of negative Iron Man guy. So uh, I wanted to go into something which I felt like, huh, a lot of people like this run, and also it is one of the runs that I enjoy. So let's go into Iron Man, and I, this is also where I think like Iron Man and pretty much tech in general in superhero comics, gets a little more streamlined. Mm -hmm. Whereas before in the Marvel Universe, you would have like a 15 different things that all did the same thing, but are all called and look different. Yes, I mean, arguably some would say that's how you wind up with things like adamantium and then vibranium and then anti-vibranium. And it's like, all right, adamantium and vibranium are different enough. And then why is anti-vibranium a thing? Because instead of absorbing vibrations, it reflects them, so that way you can cut through metals. Why don't you just get adamantium? <laughs> <laughs> just get some adamantium, it cuts through pretty much everything. Pretty, mu pretty much, it's like, even the Hulk can't really, like, stop adamantium. Which is one of his few weaknesses that I enjoy. Yeah, like, whenever the Hulk uh, fights Wolverine, he can't break his bones. He has, uh, like in um, World War Hulk, X-Men, he couldn't kill Wolverine, but he just kept punching Wolverine in the skull so that his brain rattled around in his skull, unbreakable skull, and gave him, like, several concussions. It's like, damn, that's hardcore. Mm-hmm. Overwhelm that healing factor. Overwhelm the Sometimes you just gotta overwhelm that healing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but, continue. But yeah. But yeah, like like I said, this was one of the uh, 
like this is just one of the stories where I feel like you can go in, we can talk about Iron Man, what we like, what we dislike, and we can just have some fun with this one. It is definitely a good like springboard just to have a general conversation about Iron Man. And that is something that I want to do. I don't know if you've taken a look at some of the questions I have, but I, I agree. I do think this will be an interesting conversation. So you kind of already answered this already, but about, you know, what does this do for continuity or the mythos of the universe? I agree with you. It does sort of streamline a lot of the, the, not just the tech, but I would say it's a good streamlining of the history of Tony Stark. I mean, you see, uh, in the synopsis, like part of this, even though this is the plot is most heavily reflected in Iron Man three, like there's stuff with his origin and whatnot that's you know uh, uh, used in the first Iron Man movie. So it is a good just general template. Hey, you know, good introduction for Iron Man in the way that things like Spider Man Blue was for Spider Man or Superman Birthright was for Superman. Just things we've talked about already. It does I would say while it doesn't necessarily fit in that echelon in terms of, you know, quality per se, like in terms of ground level get to know the character, I think it's a it's a good place to start. Agreed. And that's also a you know, a good way to segue into the number three, which is why you should care about this. If you just want to get to know Iron Man. I'd say yeah. this is a pretty solid introduction. You know, if you're, if you're curious about, hey, you know, I've been a big fan of the MCU since I was nine years old, and now I want to read Spider-Man comics. Like, is this one of the best stories? Not necessarily. Is this a good jumping off point for the character? Yeah, sure. Like, it, it sets up a status quo for most of the 21st century so far. So, you know, there, there's still stuff... I mean, this was what, 2005 and 2006? I mean, a lot of this stuff was still in play up until just a couple years ago. Like, he still had the extremist stuff in his system until, what was it, when he was in, it was until after he came back from his little coma or whatever, right? After Civil War II? Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, then they had to, like, take it. Uh, take out and make it so that like, he couldn't use extreme. He couldn't use extremists anymore, and that's where we get the bleeding edge armor. My mm. favorites. That was that was that was some very cool armor. Um, so just in general, uh, just to give a, a little a brief synopsis of the actual story itself, instead of just a you know disclaimer about what it uh, you know what it is or when it was published. Um, Tony is like hey we got some guys running around shooting fire a uh, shooting guys running around shooting fire of his mouth like the little extremist guys in the iron man movie iron man 3 mm-hmm. let me inject myself with it and now i can move my armor with my mind and also am i doing enough with my genius and that's about it that uh, <laughs> that's the story pretty much yeah um so we're there's nothing really to get too deep into with spoilers on this. So yeah, the know. comic is mostly like an exploration of of more of Tony, how far he's come from, where who he was before Iron Man, and how far he um and how far close he is to who he is after Iron Man mm-hmm. to who he previously is, and also just how he wants to affect the world. It's on, yeah. like that's pretty much what the story is mainly about. Yeah, it's it's a more of a it's more introspective than I think a lot of people would uh, initially expect. Just from the title, extremist sounds like 
like a badass like oh yeah it's extreme like it's cool which you know there are cool moments in it yeah technically he does face off against an extremist so yeah so that's cool but it's it's much more i hesitate to say cerebral because that makes it sound like there's no action at all but it is more of a in a lot of ways more of a character piece for tony than people would expect but that leads into just another question I want to ask you in general, and we can spend however long talking about this. What do you think the extremist story does for Iron Man as a character? And do you feel like, you know, him essentially turning into a cyborg, did that feel additive or reductive, you know, just to Iron Man as a concept, Tony as a it character? Felt, it felt additive when I first read, and then I mm-hmm. and then I realized it was kind of reductive because he could never upgrade the extremist armor when he had it. So mm. another reason why Bleeding Edge was just so much better. But, Bleeding uh, Edge was cool. So then you were, because the follow-up to that was going to be, how do you feel about like them undoing that? Like walking back that status quo years later. So I take it you're a fan. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad they did. Because, because it does show that Tony needs to constantly improve. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the Iron Man armors that came after this, I am a huge fan of. Because it just mm-hmm. shows Tony both replicating extremists but also surpassing it yeah that is definitely a good point and to that point i i do think it's cool don't get me wrong like the whole extremist thing he's got like the second skin and then he can control his mind like that's all cool it was interesting for the time i do like that they set that up as a status quo but i do feel like them walking that back in the last few years did get back to something that a lot of people love about Iron Man. And I think it's one of the things that has given him the staying power that he has. And I say this as someone who, like I said, I'm not even a big Iron Man fan. Um, Found him kind of annoying half the time. Uh, But it's that it's a, it's a similar thing to Batman. And this is a topic I wanted to raise uh, more specifically later, but just for this comparison, like obviously they're both billionaires, you know, whatever they, they're, they're privileged as shit just in terms of like, they've definitely experienced a lot of tragedy. I'm not taking away from that, but they essentially won the lottery in life in terms of, we are like the richest men in the world. And ironically at the current moment, both of them are broke. Yeah. Which, you know, it's pretty cool, but they have all this money and they're both geniuses in different ways. Sure. But they're both geniuses. And, but ultimately, like, they're both still just guys. You know what I mean? They're not, like, super soldiers. They're not aliens from another planet. They can't break the sound barrier in their Reeboks. I don't mean, I don't know what Wally wears, but let's just say Reeboks because it's funny. They're not, I thought it was Adidas. You know, gods. They, they are just, I mean, they're about as well off as a human being could be in the real world, but they're still just, like, mortals. You shoot them in the face, they're going to die. So the fact that Tony, I mean, obviously Batman was able to train himself to, you know, human perfection, whatever, but we're talking about Iron Man right now. The fact that Tony is able, yeah, the the fact (laughs) that he is able to use his genius to put him in this suit of armor that puts him, I wouldn't necessarily say toe to toe with gods, because every time he tries to step up to Thor, he gets his shit rocked, but you know, like, he's one of Earth's mightiest heroes. Like, he is, he has saved the world and helped save the world countless times. And in the times before when we've seen Tony being broke and everything taken from him, it is usually his intellect that gets him out of it. And his his 
conviction, even though a lot of times his conviction is dead set on terrible ideas that are bad for everyone, but he's convinced <laughs> that they're great. He is someone who, like, when he has an idea of what he believes is right, like, he, he sticks to it. And that is something that I would, uh, I would, I would compliment the character for. Like, I, like, I agree. It's like one of their, one of Tony and Bruce's, uh, core characteristics is that they stick to their principles. I think Bruce does it a little too much to the point where he projects on people, but yeah, 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 Tony has the same, actually Tony has the same problem. I was about to say, I mean, look, I'm not trying to turn this into (laughs) a Marvel or DC thing, but Batman hasn't sparked a civil war yet. So, well, we're about to have Gotham War, so who knows. But Batman and Superman haven't split the superhero community down the middle because they couldn't agree on legislation. True that. And, uh, if if like, there was a DC Civil War, I feel like we can agree that Superman and Batman would be like, we're not giving up our secret identity and working for the government. Yeah. Like ba- like Batman, especially. It's like, yeah, look, I was like, fuck you, Amanda Waller. Kiss my ass. I'm Batman. <laughs> Honestly, I honestly I feel like Batman would have a whole folder with the government secrets and be like, okay, so listen up. Yeah, the closest the closest we got to that was uh the closest we got to a Marvel Civil War is in Kingdom Come years before Civil War where they didn't agree, but they were both still like, Yeah, but we should be in charge. We can't listen to what you know governments are telling us. Yeah. And it's honestly is one of the recurring motifs of uh DC what ifs because it's not just there in injustice. It, uh, they both it's all over the place. They change, yeah. They just they just love pitting those two against each other, just like they frequently pit Iron Man and Captain America against each other. I want a Wonder Woman versus Superman or a Wonder Woman versus Batman because I feel like she, I feel like Batman is the character who, if there was an evil version, there'd be more evil Batman. But it's I mean, always more fun for evil Superman. For I'd some say reason. that's what all the the death metal stuff is about, or or. The first metal, not even death metal, just Dark Knight's metal, all those evil Batman. But anyway, we're not, we're, we're getting, we're getting sidetracked. We'll have time to talk about <laughs> Batman in a second, but going back to Iron Man, yeah, like they both share that conviction, but they're just, they're still just humans. And I think adding that cyborg status to Iron Man, while it was cool and it was a cool temporary thing of like, okay, yeah, like he's, his mind has helped him reach the ultimate in game of his fusion with technology. Like he's reached the singularity. Like this is everything that he as a futurist is working towards. I also do think that it was reductive in the way that it's just like, okay, well now he's just a cyborg now. Like he's, it took away from one of the cool things about Tony, which that he's just, I mean, money aside, he's just a really fucking smart guy, you know? And that's a big part of what the Iron Man three movie is about. Like all his suits are blown up. He's, you know, he can't access any of his resources. For most of it, he's just running around. It's just Robert Downey Jr. making Home Alone gadgets. He's just, Iron Man Tony Stark is just a really fucking smart dude. And that's one of his core traits. And when you inject him with some little metal blood, that's like, all right, now you've just always got access to your Iron Man armor. It kind of, you know, changes the stakes a little bit. Also, like with, uh... The whole with the whole thing, I feel like a lot of characters have been going through that recently to where it's like in order like to upgrade their power levels and everything, you lose a core piece of the character. Because mm-hmm. one of the characters that I think has constantly gotten that recently is uh is Cyborg because he yeah. used to be like a full Teen Titans character and everything, and you could empathize with the struggle and everything. Now it's like, oh, he's just he's just the Iron Man of the group. He's the Cyborg Iron Man. And I will say, have you been reading the? 
current Dawn of DC uh, Cyborg series written by Morgan Hampton with art by... Shit, what's his name? It's an artist actually like. He did a great run on Outsiders forever ago. This is going to bother me. Keep talking. Like, which, ver- I like which version this... of Outsiders? Uh, but I yeah, mean, like I said... The, the Nightwing Outsiders. Oh. Like uh, oh, I know th- I know that too. Why can't I remember the name? Okay, I'm going to keep talking. But my whole yeah, thing is talking. like... Cy- yeah. But my whole thing is like Cyborg... Uh, like he's he got to be part of the Justice League, which is a cool glow up and everything. And it's like he's not the first Titan to do so. But it's Tom Rainey. That's like he what was... it is. Sorry, knew knew there was are there. Tom Rainey is the artist. I was thinking. Oh Morgan yeah. Hampton and Tom Rainey are the current Cyborg creative team. Yeah, I haven't. I have not read it, but now I'm going to because that it's, is. Yeah, no, I I recommend it. It's finally letting Vic be a person again, and we got that a little bit with his Rebirth series, but you know it got canceled. Yeah. So, but continue. Yeah, but um. With a uh, but with Cyborg in uh, DC, it's like when he after he got that glow up, which he's not the first Titan to do, but he was the like, but he was like the only one where it kind of hampered his character instead of enhanced it. But it's funny because that wasn't the first time he was on the Justice League. He was on the team right before the New Fifty Two. Yeah, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they chose to like keep him there instead of putting Martian Manhunter, my boy, on there. Mm. But uh, yeah, with it, it's like he suddenly became just less of a character, less of a character, and it's like, oh, he's got all these cool moments and everything, and now he's got like apocalyptic tech, and now he's just you- there to open a boom tube. Yeah, I honestly think the boom tubes did um actually do him a little dirty because now I have no reason to believe he can't fix a problem. Yeah, you just teleport everything into the sun. Yeah, boom tubes are honestly broken. Yeah, but no, but I definitely see what you're saying, like. Tony, I wouldn't say that Tony getting the extremist serum was like the first time that's happened where it's like, okay, we're giving this character a cool new power, but it's ending up taking away something cool. But I would argue that it's probably one of those status quo shifts that I think I would, I would argue lasted, you know, the longest because it is happening 2006 and it stayed that way for over 10 years. Like, it was, what, 20... Was it before Bleeding Edge that it got taken out? Because I thought with his Bleeding Edge armor, he still had, like, the suit in his skin. If I, if I recall, and I could be wrong, but I am pretty sure, like, Bleeding Edge was a way for him to, like, get... Like, have an extremist, but not have, but not have like, not the have actual in, extremist. Like, restructured his DNA or whatever? Yeah, it's like, so it, in, he, because uh, I remember he lost the extremist armor and it seemed like he also lost the extremist enhancement, but then it's mm-hmm. like he put, made Bleeding Edge as a response. Was this during the, this was during the Fraction run, right? Yeah. I still gotta read the Fraction one. It's been on my list for a while. I, I feel like if anyone can make me like Matt, I mean, like Iron Man, it would, it would be Matt Fraction. I've read, a, I own, I've read a few Iron Man series. Like I read all of Mike Grell's run. Um, which was fine. It was solid. Um, I've read Superior Iron Man, Tom Taylor's Superior Iron Man, which I did enjoy despite my mixed feelings on Tom Taylor these days. But obviously that wasn't the most, you know, in-character Tony Stark. That being said, the Superior Iron Man suit is one of the coolest Iron Man suits, period. And also just yeah. had good Daredevil moments in that series. But, yeah. yeah. And I'm not, Point and being, I can't. Yeah, Sorry? I can't remember. I also can't remember, but I do. Re- but I do remember that uh, tech extremists like was like the start where Pepper Potts was like 
pushed over to be rescue and it was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and it's like she didn't officially become rescue until later like she just wore the armor a few times but now until the mad fraction run right and that when she officially like like hey she's rescue yep. now yeah mad fraction he'd be doing he'd be doing some interesting things yeah his x-men run controversial you know i, I, I like it i was a fan but <laughs> that's just me so touching on all these comparisons we're making to iron man and batman I just want to go ahead and get on the next question because I feel like this is one that we'll probably end up talking about for the rest of the uh, rest of the episode. So the story arc highlights a few of Tony's flaws, you know, or at least what he views as his flaws, just based on the argument that he hasn't done enough for the world. Like with his genius, you know, they spend a lot of time talking about, oh, you're doing, you know, you make your fortune off these military contracts. And it's like, sure, but that's to fund this other stuff that helps the world. But it's like, is that really enough? You know, all th- th- those sorts of philosophical questions so Jarrell want to know like how do you feel about that claim overall that like he's not doing enough and whatnot and tying it into Batman why do you think that Iron Man as a character seems at least in the general pop culture online Twitter sphere why do you think he gets a pass from the argument that so many people level at Batman being like oh well he's not he's got all this money you know he's not doing enough because you you're on Twitter you see it every week. People be like, oh, Batman's a cop. Batman's a fascist. Like, he's a billionaire, and all he's doing is beating up on poor people. When, you know, most of his <laughs> chief enemies, like, went to med school. So I don't, I don't necessarily know how realistic <laughs> that is. And anyone working for them, it's like, eh, I get desperate, you know, work. I get being in poverty and, like, you gotta, you know, th- th- gotta you gotta do what you gotta, gotta do. do. Selling, it, selling, uh, selling weed is not necessarily, or even just selling drugs in general, is not the same as working, working for the Joker for a and dumping people. Clown. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same, so whatever. But why do you think Batman gets all that sort of heat and flack? When Iron Man, who, you know, before the MC was a thing, no one aside from people who read comics really gave a shit about Iron Man. But thanks to Robert Iron Jr., he's be- clearly become one of the biggest superheroes in the world. Like the he was, he was this an inarguable star of the MCU. I think we can all agree. So why do you think he doesn't get criticized for not doing enough when not only is he's also like a billionaire and whatnot, but he literally made his fortune as a weapons manufacturer and like a war profiteer. And he's also constantly <laughs> putting the world in danger with everything that oh. he's doing. <laughs> like oh, don't, I, get me, don't get me started. Best started. of intentions, but, you know, like I said, Batman hasn't started a superhero civil war. Nor He wasn't throwing people in the negative zone, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think Batman's worst mistake, like, Iron Man has done twice, so uh, I'll get into that later. But... Uh, for the, for the first part, how the story arc highlights his flaws and if he does enough for the world. I think Tony does, I think Tony does a lot for the world. Now, could he do more? Of course. Tony Stark is always go big or go home. But I also think, like, eh, it's kind of, like, reductive to think he can just fix every problem with, by oh, yeah. throwing money at it. And uh, I think the, I think the story is more highlighting, like, Tony, you could, like, fully change the world. Because that's one of the things with Iron Man's character consistently people said like tony you are if there's any person who could like legit change the world like guided to a new era possibly even a techno uh a techno wonderland and everything it's tony stark 
Mm-hmm. Because there might be, be there might be characters who are smarter. There might be characters who could po- who are possibly like who are possibly can like bring it into a different sort of utopian yeah. thing. And there are definitely characters who are more powerful, like we mentioned. Yeah, but Tony Stark is one who not only can get people to follow him, but he is also one who is who has um p- fully put his life around being a futurist. He wants to predict the future yeah. and make it better. He wants to shape the future in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, he wants to shape the future, and as for and uh, as for what the story does, I think it's a good idea of questioning: Could you do more? I mm-hmm. don't like the fact that it says you should, because Tony does so much for the world a lot. He frequently does more, where it's like, yeah. all right, maybe Tony do a little bit less, <laughs> or do a little bit more in a different direction. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, that I more or less criticize the marvel world for it's like oh they always got to make tony do more do more and it's like tony runs himself ragged trying to do more which and that's the funny thing because you will have moments where characters like tony or reed richards too often does this like where he gets obsessed with science like oh we have to do more we have to change the world but then also you'll have over in this corner the x-men are on the verge of extinction because nobody's helping them and people keep trying to kill them and, that, and that's something that is happening right now. Well, they're actually addressing that right now with the current Fall of X stuff. Like, Iron Man is directly roped into the Fall of X because Jerry Duggan's writing Iron Man and he's writing um, the main X-Men series and, you know, spearheading a lot of this Fall of X stuff. So Iron Man is, like, actually helping. The people targeting the X-Men are targeting Tony, too. Like, Captain America is involved with the Uncanny Avengers. Like, they're both he and... Uh, both Iron Man and Captain America have had moments in the last couple weeks where, you know, members of the X-Men are like, you know, they killed our people. Like, they killed children. They wiped out our 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 family. And both of them literally have said, then avenge them. It's like, okay, shit. Like, all right, you guys are finally, like, you're on it now. Like, we're all on the same team. This is great. Just, just... It took y- so long. But it it took happened. so long. We finally got there just last... Uh, yesterday at the time that we're recording this, the first issue of Immortal Thor um, came out by Al Ewing and I think Martin Kogolo, I believe. Uh, highly recommend it. But just as a brief aside in there, like Thor's just running around doing Thor stuff and he stops and beats the shit out of some Orcus agents, which cause you know, Thor, I'll, I'll give him this more so than the other Avengers. And I wrote an article about this for screen rat plugging my work. I feel like Thor's probably been, one of the better ones regarding helping out the X-Men because he doesn't really give a shit about politics. Mostly it's more just like he sees something wrong. He's like, Oh, I'm going to hit it with my hammer. Cause I'm Thor. And you know, he's smarter than that, but it's just like he, Thor doesn't really get let Thor doesn't let political shit get in the way. If, of Thor, his morals. if Thor sees someone suffering, he's not going to let it continue. Yeah, That's basically he's not, his whole thing. he's not going to, do like oh i'm not gonna worry about the registration like thor had been around for the superhuman registration act if he'd been alive during the marvel civil war he would have been on cap's side he's like i'm not i don't give a shit about your government like if someone needs help they're gonna get help uh so it's nice to see the avengers finally you know doing doing their part but getting back to tony not doing enough you're or doing too much like you are right there he's gotten in over his head so many times because he's constantly trying to do too much and then that feels 
weird when you see so many other things happening in Marvel Comics. You're like, mm, but you could actually be worried about resolving this. Like, this feels like a thing that you should be dealing with, as opposed to just like, all right, now I've made an armor that can go invisible. It's like, okay, why couldn't your armor just already do that, Tony? Like, well, how many invisible armors do you need? You've got like 17 at this point, bro. Why don't you go like say, <laughs> I've, hey, I've... stop killing mutants. A, we we cannot get into the armors features because there are so yeah, many armors that's... that should like make Tony just pretty much an Omega level being and we... Well, and, he and was we, for a second when he had that cosmic armor just a like couple years ago, like you just mentioned. Yeah, but that was power. Co- uh, that was power cosmic. And that Shout out to the power attack. cosmic. Side note: What just a cool, a cool phrase. Just want, just wanted to give a shout out to the cool name power cosmic before we get back on track with Tony doing too much. Stanley but giving them words, giving them words. Uh, but tying into that, when he had that power cosmic, he tried to do too much. Yeah, it it is made everyone a, as smart as him. Yeah, and it it is a constant thing that he struggles with. I think, you know, we we I was talking about how people on Twitter look, oh, Batman's a fascist and whatnot. And I don't think it's that he's a fascist. I don't think it's that Tony's a fascist. I think it's both. They both are just naturally because of their intelligence and because they're various neuroses and control issues. They're just very controlling people. Like in yeah. different ways, they're like my way is what's right. And I think the difference with their perception is, and I don't know how deeply people think about it in terms of not giving Iron Man shit, despite the fact that he was a literal weapons manufacturer and war profiteer. Um, I think because so much emphasis is placed on Tony as a futurist who's quote unquote trying to build, uh, which again, like he frequently does too much in a lot of ways and not enough in others. Yeah, I also think people like, oh, mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, but then you compare that to the general perception of Batman, where it's like, oh, he's a fascist, he's a cop, like, he's just beating up on poor people. Obviously, that's not the case. Like, we both read Batman comics. Yeah. He's he's doing a lot for Gotham. Like, he does use his money to help people. But I think the difference in that perception is Bruce is seen more as, like, trying to maintain the status quo, quote-unquote, by fighting crime. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, which, that's... That's not what he's doing. He is trying to protect Gotham. Like, he's trying to change Gotham and make it more safe. Literally, in Batman Year One, he's like, all right, all you corrupt rich politicians and cops. Like, he has that whole badass dinner table moment where he's like, you're done. Like, you're done screwing over the city. We're going to make it better. He is constantly yeah. trying to make the city better. It's just the city's so bad that it's just constantly getting worse. So it just yeah. ends up being a status quo because he's he can only do so much. Uh but then you compare that to Iron Man, who I also think it's a it's a popularity thing just from the MCU, where they also just like Iron Man because he makes jokes. I think that's part of it, if I'm being, yeah. you know. Yeah, Batman's the serious one, Iron Man's the jokey one. Yeah, it's like, oh, Iron Man's fun, so, like, you know, he gets a pass. Even though in this, and it was a badass moment, we see him straight up murder the dude. And he's yeah. like, don't make me murder you. I don't want to do this. And then he murders him. And it's like, you know what? This dude was way too powerful. And also, he was clearly, like, a racist extremist militant. So I'm not exactly, you know, crying over here, but it's just like, eh, Iron Man, Iron Man's conviction is usually rock solid. His morals feel a little bit more flexible than someone like Batman's. You know what I mean? Like, like he does put, he like, again, in civil war, he put his own friends in the negative zone, uh-huh. a, a, a literal other dimension that is considered a, a hellscape. Yeah. yeah. That's, and also like, you can like, 
it's not exactly this it's not exactly safe even if you're in one of the dead zones because the dimension induces insanity the longer you're there yeah it's not a great place to be it's it's i mean drew it's got negative vibes <laughs> yes it does it's got negative vibes yeah, I also think one of the things where, like, people get on Batman and everything is that a lot of people like to reduce his character to, uh, they, uh, some of you kill my parents, so I'm gonna, like, take it out and, like, beat, beat up people and everything. It's like, they don't mm. really know the nuance of Batman and everything, and I feel like that's one of the things that, uh, the, uh, uh, Chris, not Christian Bale, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan, I feel like he got it right. I feel like he got it right when he showed, like, Bruce tries to fight crime without the bat suit and everything and just try to be someone who strikes fear. And it's like, it doesn't work unless they think you're crazy. And then, mm -hmm. like, the audience thinks, oh, he draws around in a bat suit. It's like, you guys missed the whole point where he didn't do that until it was necessary for him to have that bat suit. And then it's like, that's his best way of do. That's his best way of doing it and everything. He embodies the he embodies the character and they just think oh he's crazy because he he dresses up like a bat it's like he's in a city where a literal murderous clown two murderous clowns and a crocodile around <laughs> crocodile <laughs> crocodile man you got a mob boss running around shooting people with umbrellas you got a district attorney with half his face missing flipping coins and just obsessed with the number two like he got a giant fella made of mud <laughs> like going around Going around uh, wanting to be an actor. I was like, I don't think affordable housing is going to stop Clayface from killing the mayor, you know? Yeah, it's it's it is one of the things where it's like, both in the movies and in, like, the comics and everything, multiple times it's talking about Bruce Wayne looking at charity funds and, like, constantly putting his money into, like, these programs and everything. Mm-hmm. And the city isn't getting better. The city isn't getting better. It's like, what do you want... It's like, what do you want him to do? It's like, there was even a storyline in the comics where Bruce was like, okay, I'm going to put my entire fortune down into just making sure that like, everyone in Gotham has everything they need to live. It didn't change anything. And it didn't work. And then you contrast that with Iron Man, who, whenever you do see these storylines where, all right, like, I know what's right. Like, I've just, I feel this in my gut. Like, this is the way to go. And he goes full bore on it. And like Batman, he does end up alienating his allies because of it. How often does that, you know, like we mentioned for Bruce, how often does that work out for Tony? Like, when when's the last time that Tony Stark essentially declared himself, like, ruler of the world or whatever? And I don't mean, you know, literally, but I mean in terms of, like, this is what I have to do to save the world, this is the right way. Like, how many times has that worked out for him? Because he's done it more times than... Bruce, I would say, in terms of making these, like, massive, sweeping initiatives to change, like, policy or change, you know, the, the quote-unquote status quo. Like, not that Batman upholds the status quo, but Bruce is more concerned about, like, I'm protecting Gotham. Obviously, he saves the world with the Justice League and whatnot. If someone needs him, he'll help. Yeah. But he is very much focused on, I have to save Gotham. Whereas, Tony, in general, is more macro. Yeah. And also, and also, there is the point where, with with um Bruce and everything, the multiple times he's tried to change politics, I think it's a total of three in the comics. Mm -hmm. He had he went down and did a ton of research to make sure like it would work. He like went through different scenarios. Tony will have the idea and, and he just jump. <laughs> he's like, let's fucking go. Which that is something that I 
I actually do like that about Tony, especially when you compare him to someone like Mr. Fantastic, who I also, I, 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 I like Mr. Fantastic a decent amount. I, 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 like yeah. Fanta- I like that for, and I like, if we're talking Marvel geniuses, I'll take Mr. Fantastic over Iron Man any day, but. As long as we don't get Dr. Doom, that's a whole can of worms. Oh God, well, then we die, love Dr. Doom. Love Dr. Doom, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like. It's like Victor, chill, take a chill pull. But just talking about Reed and Tony together, you look at their motivations for siding with the registration act during the civil war originally tony was opposed to it like he was with cap trying to be like hey no like he was testifying and shit like hey this is a bad idea but then reed runs the numbers and does the math and he has this little algorithm that that he's used to determine the future in the you know before and it's like oh well if we disagree with this like things are going to go badly so reed is already analytical about it He's figuring things out. He's like, okay, I believe this is the best way to go based on numbers and science and cold, hard pragmatism. He explains that to Tony, and Tony's like, bet, I'm in. Let's fucking go. You've swayed me. I'm locked in. And once he's locked in, <laughs> he's going all he the way tunnel in. vision. Eating, yeah, he, that's a great way to put it. Tony Stark has tunnel vision. He goes full tilt. He's like, I, I have to change the world. I'm the best one to do this. And not even necessarily in an ego way. Like, obviously, one of the funny things about Tony Stark is his, his vanity. But I do, I do find that whenever he's gone on these, you know, these tangents of I have to do this, it never feels like it's coming from a place of ego or vanity. Like he's the only one that can do this. He just, or that he's the only one who should do this. He just thinks, Oh, I can, I'm the one that can do this. So I should do it for the world. It's not like, it never feels like a flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's never it's like, I'm the one Spider-Man esque viewpoint of yeah. it. If I can say so, it's like, he feels like he has the power. So he should. Yeah. He's, he's like, I have this great power. So I have the responsibility to to fix it. Whereas I think there is when he is criticized for things. And now I'm now I'm talking more about comic book Twitter because it also is a joke on comic book Twitter and just comic book fandom in general. Like even among people who like Tony, it's like, oh, man, he's always and it's what we've talked about. Like he's just always making things worse. You know, like yeah. he's just always he's he's just making things worse. And even though I'm more of an X-Men head and not an Avengers guy, I'm still not one of those people that's like, oh, I hate Tony Stark. Like he just doesn't do enough. Like he's just so pigheaded, whatever. Like when he is trying to when he's going, you know, tunnel vision, he's trying to make these big sweeping changes. It like I said, it never feels like it's coming from a place of egotism. It is. It does always feel well intentioned. He's just frequently wrong. It's like, no, Tony, you think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. And that is something that I think is interesting about him. And that it, that is also a thing that I think he does share with Batman, where a lot of times, like especially when Bruce is like pushing people away, he's like, "This is what's best for Gotham." It's like, is it? Like you think it is, but you know, I think you're just kind of alienating yourself, pal. I don't know. It's yeah. this was and. And most of, but and I give like Bruce a a bit more pass on that than Tony, because Bruce mostly does that when he finds out that something may endanger the Bat family. True. Cause, yeah. Cause, yeah, because that that's one of the thing. That's one of the things with Bruce. He acts like that it's just cold heart pragmatism, but he's but actually very he's protective to keep of safe. his family. Yeah. Whereas when Tony alienates people, 
there have been moments where he's like, oh, I got to push you away to keep you safe. But it also is like, no, like I'm right. And if you don't agree with me, then get out of my way. Like with the armor wars stuff, when he was running around, like, yeah. no, I'm getting all my armor back. Like, fuck this. Get out of my way. Stingray. I'm taking your jetpacks. Like, all right, Tony, like there's better ways to handle this. Like, you don't have to go, go with, with, you know, the more, the most aggressive route. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. That actually recall, recalls one of the things where it's like Spider-Man was part of the Civil War and he was on Tony's side. Mm-hmm. And then Spider-Man didn't even want to join Cap's side at first. He just didn't want to hunt down any more superheroes. It felt wrong to him. And he just and he just told Tony, I'm going to stop hunting down the superheroes and everything. Still going to follow the registration. And Tony just goes full ancient. Tony's like, say him. what, bitch? <laughs> it's like, say that again. It's like, Tony, this is not stop. Like, chill. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't necessarily know how much we've resolved in terms of why people give Batman shit and not Iron Man, but it just felt like an interesting conversation to have, especially with the way that this story paints Tony in terms of him looking at whether or not he does enough, you know, and and what his legacy is, what he could really be contributing to the world instead of just flying around in a a metal suit. Uh, So, yeah. So before we give our final thoughts, what are your uh, your favorite moments? From Iron Man Extremis. Uh, I guess we can call him my favorite moment because I like the character uh, and he only appears, I think, once in this whole thing. But uh, mm. Saul Kennedy, I really like this. I really like this guy because he tr- he breaks everything down to like, oh, this is the ba- this is the basics of it. Now, technically, he is one of the he, he is one of the people who sort of says Tony, Tony should do more. But at the same time, he's also telling Tony. Like, think about what you're doing. And I think Tony, like, that goes over his head a bit. But what do- what Dr. Saul Kennedy um, says to Tony is, like, and uh, Maya is, uh, she, uh, for those of you listening, she's a scientist who makes extremists. Uh, but he tells them both, you guys made better hunters. Even though it was for the right reasons. And you guys made, and you guys made it to more help the world than to actually be a tool of a tool or a weapon you guys did it that's how it is you made better you made better eyesight you made better um trackers all that stuff and that's how it is that's how it's going to go and you either and you have to accept that but you also can do more to make sure it doesn't end up in the wrong hand i like it he has a hippie attitude but he's also like not to the point where it's just oh we gotta go for love and peace it's more of you gotta think about it more mm-hmm yeah, I feel like he's a good version of the character. Also, I like his character design. That yeah, helps. Like a, he gives a Big Lebowski vibes. Yeah, but if Big Lebowski was, you know, one of Tony Stark's mentors, um, no, I I agree. I like that character. That is a good moment, and that is one of the things that I think is one of the biggest moments of Tony having to reckon with like have I done enough? Uh, so yeah, that is a good moment. I would also say I like the final fight. You know, once he's got the souped-up armor and he's just dogging the shit out of this extremist goon, and then he does the unibeam, and then repulsors his skull. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how the fight shows how much extremist has changed, Tony, because mm-hmm. that is a really good way of showing just how much this this changes him. Like at first, Tony got fully dogged himself. No, he was on the brink of death. Like this guy almost killed him. He was snapping him like a twig. Yeah, and then and then it's like after extremists and everything, it's like I have a counter for everything you did. You've lost. Let's stop. Yeah, which it's funny, you know, reading that and then 
I, I'm not sure it was... I guess Thor would have been dead by this time already, right? Because Extremis was uh, only like a year before Civil War. Or no, like, was, was Civil, it, War, Civil War was 2007, Civil War, right? Yeah, Civil War was 2007. This was around 2005. This was 2005, and, and he got the... He got yeah he got extremis in two thousand six so Thor would have yeah, already Thor, been gone like because well Ragnarok. no 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 Thor yeah um, no 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 because Iron Man did have his extremist armor in the Thor Ragnarok story uh, oh, okay. one of the three different versions of the Thor Ragnarok story oh, but uh yeah but uh well I was gonna say because it, it's so. th- this explains why in uh him having this moment where he's hot shit right here taking out the super powerful guy it it makes it funnier in the Thor run by J. Michael Straczynski and Olivier Pell when Thor <laughs> I know comes back to life. About. And Iron Man's like, hey, pal, great to see ya. And Thor's like, bitch, you cloned me. It made a robot clone <laughs> of me and it killed people. We're not we're not cool and I'm not following your stupid laws. And Tony tries to get tough and I'm like, alright, Thor, don't make me kick your ass with my fancy new Christmas armor. Him. And Thor just beats the fuck out of him without even trying. He's like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like you're just a man in a metal suit like i'm thor yeah that is one thing i will say full karma wise uh with tony in uh after civil war and everything because the writers afterwards were all like tony did, was an asshole and the periodically if he guessed if he did a story he was gonna get beaten up like it's fucking tony kick his ass guys <laughs> oh, it was it was it was good stuff um, but yeah, so my favorite moment is, I, I agree, all the moments with him, especially with Saul, while he's introspecting about like, oh, have I done enough? And I like the final fight. Like I said, yeah. it's at the at the top. This feels like just a, a blockbuster Iron Man story to me, not necessarily like, you know, hey, this is the deepest thinking we could ever do. This is the greatest think piece on the character, whatever. It's like, yeah, that's fun. It's got cool moments of introspection. It's got cool action. There you go. So, yeah. Drew... What are your final thoughts on Iron Man Extremis before we hit the old Dusty Trail? I think it's pretty good. It is not the the best Iron Man story. I don't think I would even put it in the top ten. Damn. That's, that's, I haven't read enough Iron Man stories to dispute that, but okay. <laughs> but I do like, I do like um this story. I do like the story a lot. I can understand why people wouldn't like it. I would understand why people w- would like it i can fully go into that but i really do think that this is a good iron man story and it definitely helps shape the character for what we get i again say i'm not a full fan of the art style but at the same time it's like it works it works for what it's trying to do especially with this uh more grittier style story Side note, real quick on I I do agree with what you said, but side note on the the art. I mean, aside from I like the art, we didn't talk about it. There are moments where Tony Stark looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was like, that explains why a lot of people were like Tom Cruise was rumored to be Iron Man before. Uh, Robert well, Day it's Jr. because was well, because they were like they're doing like the Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury thing, where it's like, yeah. oh, we are purposely making him look like him, so that way, hopefully, they like see it, say, okay, want to be it, and uh, join up. Yeah, worked for worked for Sammy Jacks, worked for Sammy yeah. Jacks. Uh, but as for my final thoughts on Iron Man Extremis, I enjoy it well enough. You know, it's fine. I guess it's one of the better Iron Man story solo Iron Man stories I've read because I haven't read too many of the solo series but it's not you know 
it's not the greatest thing in the world like some people uh portray but if you do decide to read it it's a fine story you know good entry level for iron man and it's not the worst thing i've ever read you know that sounds more negative about it than i meant but i'm 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 more i'm neutral on the story like it's fine art art's good art's good action's good some interesting character beats for tony but you know it it is what it is at the end of the day so drew anything else you want to share before we just rock it off into the into the sunset when our little fancy repulsor boots batman and iron man should be combined in a new amalgam comic well, they would look awesome well there it is uh there you go i, I feel like i want to end this episode saying well i am iron man but i feel like that that reference doesn't hit as well if you can't see like the tony stark facial expression that you kind of got to do with it you know the little eyebrow and like the head cock. oh yeah it has to be there yeah so just imagine just imagine that when when i end this episode but until next week well not next week because we put these out every couple weeks until next episode guys I am Iron Man.